standing up in McKinney. This is According to Callus. It is Monday, the 6th of March, episode 369. So I was looking forward to talking about where we're at, where we're going, you know, being off to the races. But, you know, the weather got the best of us. Last Thursday was a bust. Hopefully, we'll be able to reschedule. Um, You know, I had already pre-made the uh, Friday episode, and I really hoped to have something to go into it with. Uh, It was a good standalone episode, but, man, sometimes you just get that kick, and you can't get past it right away. Hey, but weather happens. Can't lose sleep over it. We move on. So in case you haven't been paying attention, we have uh, multiple municipal elections going on right here in Collin County. And the one thing that is safe for me to say is the status quo has got to go. We don't need any more of what we've got. We don't need any more... um, the term is bootlicker, but I don't think that's fair. I, I think it's more of a uh, rubber stamper, right? I, I want for there to be discussion. I want for there to be debate. I want for every city council out there, I want for every school board out there to have an open and honest discussion and dialogue for the general public to see just exactly how they're doing what they're doing. Now, yes, I understand conceptually that once a decision is made, whether it's at the council or the school board, that All the members are supposed to be in agreement that this is what the new policy is. Win, lose, or draw, this is the policy. But we can't even get that. They feel the need to cut all these deals and do all this stuff without letting us know until the decision's already been made. And by that point, they don't really care what our input is or what our thoughts are on it. If you doubt me, just look at the $400 million that they want for us to pay for an airport. And keep in mind... I'm generally supportive of an airport. I think an airport's a good thing for Collin County. But I also think that if we've got a private company that wants to come in and pay to do it, we ought to let them do it. I also think even more so that if the entirety of the local area is going to benefit from it, it shouldn't go only on the soldiers, the shoulders, not soldiers, shoulders of the residents of the city of McKinney. Yet, if this bond passes, that's exactly what's going to happen. So you can be for progress, you can be for expansion, but not for additional debt that is likely to be bad debt. And quite frankly, they still haven't really done a good job of addressing noise concerns, pollution concerns, or right away issues. Not to mention the idea that we're going to get so much business that we're going to be able to pay off this debt in a reasonable time and fashion, which is wishful thinking at best. Much like we've seen in the last few years, you get the results that you pay for when you do those studies. You know, trust the science. So again, I say to you, the status quo has got to go. There's nothing new here. And while we're at it, if you honestly think that the school district's going to improve by putting a retread in charge of the district, somebody that had their have their 
resume padded by the outgoing superintendent so that they could even be considered qualified when allegedly we did a full search. We spent 25K, which I got to be honest with you, kind of seems like chump change for such an important position. But then again, what do I know? I don't know what's involved with all these searches, but it seems to me highly unusual that the best person we could find for the job just happened to be the guy here that the outgoing superintendent wanted to give the job to in the first place. Who are they trying to fool here? I would guess it's we, the general public. Now, I want you all to understand that there is a chance whenever you replace the existing status quo that you might not like the outcome. There is a chance. But what I ask you is, are you really happy with what things are now? Do you really think we're getting the best bang for our buck? Do you really think that we couldn't do better? I think the answer to that should be quite evident that yes, we could indeed do better, but everybody's afraid to change anything. Everybody's afraid to look at the possibility that just maybe we don't have to continue to do what we've always done. Now, at the risk of constantly repeating myself, but I don't know who listens when, how often, so I'm going to have to go over this stuff time and time again to reinforce the idea that just because somebody's okay doesn't mean you couldn't do better. Just because something's fine doesn't mean you can't improve it. Just because we've got a B or B plus rated school district doesn't mean it couldn't be an A. But the people that were in charge when it went from an A to a B are still there. The person that led the charge to get us in a downward projection here is leaving. So you would think maybe you want to consider new ideas or a new approach. But no, no, we're going to continue to do the same old, same old. Now, I got to tell you, I'm rather uncomfortable with the idea that we don't have any new ideas, that we don't have any way to go forward. I'm not afraid to tell you that sometimes new ideas are not better ideas. I'm not afraid to admit that sometimes progress is more progressive and not progressional. I don't need to change things for change's sake, but I do need a realization from everybody that when things aren't working, we have to look at other options. When things aren't improving, we have to decide what can we do. So again, just because something is good enough doesn't mean it's good. Just because we're okay with the way the city runs or the school board runs or or if you're in Frisco or Plano or Allen or Wiley or Saxe or uh, Princeton or Farmersville or Salina or Prosper, it doesn't mean it can't be better. It doesn't mean there isn't room for improvement. So you can't be afraid to consider that maybe, just maybe, those people that have been showing up for these meetings actually are onto something. They actually are open to doing something different. There's something that could have a positive net effect. Do you think our children or our city is in a better spot now than what it was three years ago? I think that's a fair question. I think the answer is obvious and I understand. I can hear you all right now. Well, you know, we had the COVID thing and that wrecked everything and whatever else. You're right. But we've now had over a year to recover from that. And in my mind, we haven't really done a good job of it. We don't know what to do. We, we're rudderless, directionless, 
and we don't have a method of what we're doing. And if we do, it's not being communicated well to anybody that so we can understand what exactly they're trying to do. So at this point, we have to look at it as any other option has to be worth exploring. Now, you can be just fine with the status quo, but you have to admit that sometimes, maybe, just maybe, there's a better idea or a different idea. There used to be a tagline that, you know, Ford has a better idea. Well, Ford has always done things a little differently, right? But it doesn't necessarily equate to better. But they are always looking to try things. And it's part of this innovation, part of, part of this whole systematic way of reviewing things and looking at how could we tweak things to make them better that keeps companies at the cutting edge. Once upon a time, that was Philips. Once upon a time, that was General Electric. Both those companies are shadows of themselves because they didn't properly change with the times. They didn't evaluate where they're at and where they want to go, at least not in a good way. So, when I look at this, and it brings me back to the refrain that McKinney families deserve better. Right? We're in McKinney. You have a family. You're paying a lot of money for the privilege and the right to live in the city of McKinney and to use McKinney schools. And it's in your best interest to pay attention and to influence what occurs. Now, I understand some of you don't share the same concerns that some of my friends do. Some of you don't have a problem with young children reading pornographic material. I would suggest that maybe that's a problem you need to take up with either a counselor or God, but that's not a big concern of yours. Okay, I'll set that aside. I I will also allow that maybe, just maybe, some of you are not concerned about boys being in the girls' locker room. Once again, probably want to take that up with you know God or your counselor, or perhaps your spouse, but that's highly problematic. But again, we can set that aside. But by all metrics, the school district is rated lower now than what it was three years ago, or four years ago, or five years ago. And you got to ask yourself why that is. Keeping in mind, they have adjusted everything to accommodate for the fact that COVID messed everything up. So they made it actually easier to score better and score higher, and we're still down at a B. Now, in my world, a B is still a passing grade, but we can do better. We deserve better. We're paying a premium to live in the city of McKinney. We ought to get what we're paying for. Likewise, you know, we signed off on the idea of a new city hall complex. Now, whether or not you thought that was a good idea or not, it's in play. It's going to happen. And to be honest with you, some of the things that happened along the way were not great. Maybe I didn't think they were entirely above board, but nobody would deny that we needed a new city hall, that we wouldn't benefit from an improved situation. But did anybody consider what the opportunity costs were involved with there. I don't know. I I haven't seen that addressed. And for those of you that don't know what an opportunity cost is, it's meaning what are you giving up in order to do this? Right? So we have known that the downtown square, right, of McKinney is an economic engine for the city of McKinney. It's very important. It's something unique that's really nowhere else in the county. And for many counties surrounding, they don't have anything similar to that. So we we cherish that. We want to treat it well. 
And we're doing certain things right now that look like they're going to improve the situation. So we should be grateful for that. But again, at what cost? What, what, what's the corollary or what's going on here? What are we giving up in order to do that? I don't know. Have we really even discussed that? I think that's a fair question. But when you show up to the city council meetings or you watch them online, you can see there's very little discussion about what's going on. There's very little open uh, disagreement about the way things are happening. Nope. All those decisions are made and then they just present them as a unified front. And how dare you object or how dare you question? Well, that's not the way a city should be run. That's not the way a representative republic is organized. They keep screaming about the idea that we have a democracy, we have to protect our democracy, but a democracy indicates when you have a majority of people that they're right and that they're always right. Well, I'm not okay with that, but even if that's what you believe, you have to acknowledge that if a majority of people are questioning what you're doing, or even just a large plurality is questioning what you're doing, you ought to at least be kind enough to listen to their questions and give them answers and be open to the concept that maybe just maybe they have something to add to this conversation. And we really don't do that. And if you doubt me, you look no further than Austin. The people that we elect to send down there to represent us, they're open about their disdain for the people that got them elected. They, they routinely dismiss what the people want that send them there and work for them. Now, I saw Ray of Hope this week, or technically last week, and that there was a bill being presented that would have essentially <laughs> created a huge problem for those of you that go and speak at public meetings, particularly school boards. And fortunately, one of the local activists reached out to one of our state reps and said, hey, um, you might want to consider what this is doing here. This could be a bad thing. Perhaps we can tweak the language here or look into a better option. And it sounds as if we got some positive change out of that. I would like to believe that's going to happen. I would like to believe that... They're not going to try and criminalize a group of people that care about their kids. We shouldn't be punishing people for being concerned about their children. But yet, if we do nothing, that is certainly the direction we're going to go. Now, there's an old yarn out there that if you question what's going on in the education establishment, if you if you go and speak negatively or have any questions about what happens at the school board that you hate teachers. Now that's a pretty big logical flaw there. And it's a pretty giant leap to go from, I'm not sure that this is the best situation to I hate teachers. I'm at an utter loss how anybody pays any attention to this or thinks this is a good idea, but that's what happens and nobody questions it. They just, they accept it. Well, the accusation's there and, you know, it's your job to disprove the accusation. Uh, no, no, that's not the way it is. When somebody makes an accusation or makes a claim, it's their job to prove it. And if they're not going to do it, the onus is on them. The failure is on them. We need to hold them accountable. So I don't know what to tell you other than that. 
it is our responsibility as parents, as grandparents, as citizens of our city, of our community to be involved, to be heard. Now, I'm going to be the odd duck here, and I'm going to say that the blue team, the Democrats, the progressives, they don't bother me. I actually appreciate the fact that they're extremely well organized. They know what they want. And quite frankly, it's scary how quickly and how often they get done what it is they want to do. Now, I vehemently disagree with probably 70% of what it is they want to do. But I appreciate the fact that they're actually involved and they're acting to get the things done that they want done. Now, whether or not I think it's beneficial, whether or not I want my child subjected to that, that's an entirely different story. But you got to give credit where credit is due. And that puts the onus back on you guys, on me. If you're right of center, if you're not a progressive, if you're a conservative, a Christian, uh, a liberty lover, where have you been? What are you doing? Why, why are you asleep at the switch here? So I, I was listening. I'm going to transition just a little bit here. I was listening to uh, Joshua Harris's podcast today, uh, Conversations That Matter. And he was talking about uh, somebody else that had put out, I guess, another show earlier where they were discussing the disconnect within the churches, right? And one of the things that came about in that is the fact that the evangelical church is both simultaneously very red Republican and disconnected. So they're very concerned about politics. They, they have an outcome that they would prefer, but yet those same people don't want to get involved. They don't want to run for office. They don't want to invest their time. And the, the whole idea was, is that, yeah, they're, they're concerned about these things, but they don't act on them. There's a disconnect. And one of the things they talked about is they didn't call it this, but I know what it is. It's pietism. But they said that their leaders have been basically teaching them for decades, for a century, that politics is dirty and you ought not be involved in politics and that good Christians should stay separate from that. And that's of the world and you don't need to worry about that. But here's the thing. There's always going to be power. Now, we want to limit it. We want to control it. But if we, and by control it, just keep it keep it under control, right? But if we're always ceding that power to somebody else, that's setting us up to be a victim. That's setting us to have that boot on our neck. That's putting us in a situation of being subservient where there's no cause for it. And these same leaders talk about the fact that, well, you know, God gave up his throne in heaven and he came down as his son to where he could, you know, make the ultimate sacrifice for us. Well, yeah, that's true. But he didn't lose his power. He didn't not have the ability to do what he wanted when he needed to, when he wanted. It was part of his plan to do what he did. Now, if you disagree with that or or you don't acknowledge it, that's fine. So that's a moot point. But for those of you that do, for those of you that subscribe to biblical Christianity, you're being taught some pretty wicked theology, in my opinion, being taught to just be subservient because, well, you know, that's just, that's just what, you know, God told us to do. 
Well, no, actually it didn't. It told us to occupy. It's pretty hard to occupy if you're on your knees. So I'm going to wrap it up quickly tonight because it's late. The time is short and I've got a uh, blockbuster coming tomorrow, I think. If you're not going to be involved, don't complain. If you are going to complain, you got to move to action. It's one thing to move your lips. You got to move those hips. You got to get involved. You got to do something. And I've talked about this time and time again. Find one issue, one thing that gets you involved, that gets you motivated, that puts you in a position to make a difference and do it. Make that sacrifice, make that investment, if not for you, for your kids, if not for your kids, for your grandchildren, and if not for anybody in your family, for your community as a whole, because what we do now matters and you have an opportunity to make that happen. And with that, we close it up early tonight. This was According to Callus, and I will see you for Tuesday and on the other side.